This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in LA and KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood in Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Dr. D, how are you today? It's another day and another beautiful day in paradise it is. Beautiful. I was just driving over here. We're doing some extra shows. Uh, Dr. D and Les Carroll have been so gracious to offer me some time out of my studio time to make up for being out for a few weeks. Um, And I was driving over here. It's uh, 4 o'clock on the the Southern California Pacific Coast time. Beautiful, beautiful drive. I mean, the wind is just, the air is just beautiful. You've been stuck probably in the studio all day, Dr. I got out for maybe five minutes and walked across the street to grab a couple things to drink, come back, and uh, it was just really nice to hit that cool breeze as I turned the corner. It was just... The ocean so close here. Oh, man. Here in the studio on Santa Barbara Street in Santa Barbara, California. It's beautiful. Uh, Nate Najar is our special guest. He he joins us again back to the show. Good to have him back. It's been too long. But I love where, where, you know, we've... People that... uh, Artists that come on the show, guests that come on the show, it almost feels like family. I don't don't say that lightly. You know, it feels like we make these great connections that are lifelong. Although we're all busy, we're all off doing our different things. Um, When we get back together, it's just nice to see a a friendly and a a a friendly face and someone that I admire so much. So let me um, let me do a little introduction, a proper introduction for Nate. It's been a couple of years since guitar virtuoso Nate Najar has joined us with. One of his magical guitars. <laughs> that was back, God, I don't even know, a few years back. It was in season four, and we're in season nine, as you know. So it's been quite a while, uh, a couple hundred shows ago. And he brought us on that show, his album, such a beautiful, beautiful album, Under Paris Skies. And this is absolutely true. Uh, I probably listened to Under Paris Skies a couple times a week with my morning coffee or when I need to bring down the stress level in my office, I play Under Paris Skies. The music has this effect on me, this this calming effect. It's almost like a take-me-away quality where it takes me... Uh, I mean, uh, almost every time, it's uh, kind of embarrassing, but I start thinking about this really great trip I had in uh, in Europe, my first trip to Europe, and uh, sitting in Paris outside the train station at this little French cafe on the corner, uh, 
for those of you that have traveled there at the train station, you probably know which one I'm talking about, although I don't, I can't recall the name. And this is kind of a cafe with, there was a person uh, shucking oysters outside for the passerbys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oyster station right out there on the sidewalk. And we sat on a little uh, table with a glass of red wine before we were boarding our train. And we bought a couple extra bottles tucked into paper bags for the overnight journey to Venice. It also reminds me, we had this great evening sunsetting uh, up at the old fort. We jumped the wall and sat in the grass and had uh, cheese and salami and baguettes and uh, bruschetta. Uh, we watched the se setting sun sparkle off the roof of the Duomo. Music has this quality of, uh, you know, bringing back these memories very sharply, almost as old movies in my mind. So I've been looking forward to a new album by Nate Najar, and now my wait is over, and lucky for you, so is yours. Guitarist Nate Najar reimagines seminal bossa nova album, Jazz Samba Pra Sempre, set for release. Actually, it's already... Well, no, it hasn't. June 17th. I, I, for mm -hmm. some reason, I thought it was released. I must be thinking of the uh, single that we're going to play in its entirety at the end of the show. So look forward to that. Uh, we might even be able to talk Nate into to doing a little guitar work for us on air here. The track that we're going to play in its entirety is Samba These Days. So look forward to that at the very end of the program. We'll talk a lot about the whole album here with Nate in a moment. The Albich pays homage to 1962, Charlie Bird and Stan Getz, groundbreaking recording. The recording features Nate Najar playing Charlie Bird's classical nylon string guitar and cover art by abstract expressionist painter Olga Albizu whose work appeared on Jazz Samba. Becky Bird, Charlie Bird's widow, says of Nate's beautiful guitar work, There is no doubt that there is a piece of Charlie's soul in Nate's mind, heart, and fingers. Can't get a better, a better endorsement for the album than that, in my opinion. I referred to, in the beginning here, uh, the first interview we did with Nate. It was in season four, if you'd like to go back. It's episode 184. So, uh, you know, if you, you're, you're going to love Nate. He's a storyteller. Uh, he's a great musician, a great artist, and uh, I think you're going to want more. <laughs> and if you want to check out that uh, the, the previous album under Paris Skies uh, or the interview for that album, uh, please go back. I told Nate, uh, and this is true also, of, I, I just got the album um, again, again ahead of time. And so thank you for that, Cheryl and, uh, for, and Nate. I got the album before the release. I've uh, only had, since I just got it, the pleasure of listening to it all the way through once. Can't wait to get back to it. But the wait, I've got to tell you, is so worth it. This is the kind of album that you keep in your playlist for a lifetime. It is the kind of album that underscores an evening with friends, making any experience a memory. It is the kind of album that plays as you enjoy a great bottle of wine with a lover. It plays in the background 
of a great meal. It becomes a mood when it's just you and your headphones walking on the beach. Nate Najjar is absolutely a treasure. Welcome back to the show, Nate. Man, with an introduction like that, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Why are you so good to me? <laughs> oh, I love you, man. I love your music. Um, one of these days, we will get that that uh, that drink together or a nice meal when, when you come through L.A. or Santa Barbara. But really, it's really. Be real sooner than you think it's heartfelt oh good so do we have a, we have a tour we can talk about there you go <laughs> an upcoming tour an upcoming show i hope well no not that but um, oh. <laughs> but uh, it's sooner than you think i uh man i miss santa barbara i like it out there yeah it's nice it's nice where do we find you today nate uh, i'm in my studio in st petersburg florida this is our uh this is our little studio this is my control room and uh so it's my little mixing station and you know I set up the lights a little. I tried to clean it up as best as I could, but uh, it's, it's actually this place is a well. You can kind of tell this place is a massive dump, but it works. And we recorded jazz samba here. There's a little room over there where I played the guitar, and the saxophone player was in the other one, and the drummer was like about ten feet from where my left arm is. Um, and you see where the keyboard player was. So you know, uh, the bass player was sitting where the camera is that I'm I'm speaking to a camera now in, in your in your stead, and that's where the bass player was. And we made that record here. So, you know, we're in our little oh, studio. So this and, is uh, ground zero. We get we get the yeah. uh, so check out the YouTube uh, interview. You'll see that up on our on the Jeremiah show YouTube channel. Uh, we've got you can see everything <laughs> Nate's referring to. I think it's pretty incredible. Dr. D and Dr. D must get uh, studio envy, although his studio is no. not not bad at all. Yeah, I uh, will tell you that I have already you get to see got, all these great yeah, studios. <laughs> uh, I've already sold your guitar and the keyboard on eBay. Twelve dollars <laughs> for the guitar, sixty-five cents for the keyboard. My goodness, jeez! You know, a Nate Najar uh, <laughs> keyboard. Right there. Come on, man! He's worth <laughs> a lot more than that. You got taken. <clears throat> but uh, people uh, say you're going to have to pay me to take Nate. So yeah, I don't know. I don't right. know what the deal is there, Nate. Yeah, you know. But anyway, it's Let's, beautiful what you've got there, and what you can create, and it's the philosophy I've lived by. You ha work with what you have until you get what you want. I wouldn't call. I call that uh, uh, Nate. I wouldn't uh, call that a. A dump at all. Um, mm -mm, mm -mm. You're, you're, you only you're, see one corner of it. Well, <laughs> I don't see all the uh, the the bottles and the Dorito the bags and, the, and <laughs> whatever it is that you love to snack on in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, no, this, place, this place is great. We get a lot of work done here. We did uh, we did a lot of the. Well, the sound stuff. is good. You've got you've got a really nice sound in that room. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah we uh, we worked hard on those parts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see yeah. those soundboards back there. It, uh, St. Petersburg cannot, you can't complain if you're in St. Petersburg, right? You're, oh, it's brilliant. You We're a little peninsula spot. on a peninsula. You know, it's, uh, we, um, we live in a little downtown, uh, apartment building and, uh, it's us and, and us and the two kids, right? And so we've got this gorgeous view big picture, um, you know, sliding glass doors going out over and we're on the, uh, seventh floor so we we see most of downtown we could see air, airplanes taking off from the municipal airport we see tampa bay the i go downstairs and walk to the coffee shop at the end of the block mm. the a theater that we play at often it's right across the street oh, it's nice. really uh 
uh, we you've got home. Yeah, we, we're pretty we're pretty fortunate. Mm. You know, th- yeah. and that's the way it ought to be. You ought to be able to live close to where you. And I don't want to say what you're doing is work. I know you don't believe that it is. It's not a job because you love doing it. Well, I love playing the guitar. The rest of it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking to you guys. I wish I had a scotch with me while we were doing it, but uh, we'll you wait. Know. We'll wait, Nate. That's right. <laughs> if you want to go get one. <laughs> no, I mean all of us, you yeah, know, like in a joint true. or something, you know, well, but, uh, you know, but I, this ain't work, but, the, you know, but there's plenty of work. <laughs> I don't want to leave you, uh, make you feel left out, but, but, but uh, Dr. D and I are having a scotch right now. <laughs> it's uh, I knew four, I liked, four yeah. o'clock, five o'clock in St. Petersburg, right? Not seven o'clock. What time is it? Yeah, it's, it's seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. You know, yeah. So yeah. we're drinking on your time, although we're still at four o'clock on our time. That's right. It's <laughs> that old saying, right? Well, yep. before we talk about this album and the making of the album and the incredible guests that you've got to join you and the backstory, all that great stuff, you know, since we've last talked on air, at least, uh, a lot's happened in this world. I mean, it, and if I, the way I look at it, I mean, it, in all the years I've been on this earth, the last couple of years have probably had the most, um, so many changes, so many um, different things that have happened. What has your life been like, Nate? What have you been up to and how have, how have you navigated and created beautiful music in this crazy world we're living in? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, uh, good stuff. This is a good, this is a feel good show. You don't have to, we don't have to talk. No, about it's all stuff. good. I fell in love. Okay. That's what happened. All right. I fell in love, you know, and hearts were broken and, uh, and other people fell in love and things happened. And, uh, and here we are, and that's that's the short version. But oh, uh, I think we you know. We, you see the smile. You see this the <laughs> grin on this face. You know? Yeah, that's a, you know that's I mean? being in love. Nate's in love. Luck, huh? You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's what's happened. I mean, there's you know there's specific things that have happened that sure. uh, you know, but yeah, but that's what happened. I fell in love, and then you got some new music. Yeah. Uh, okay. So how uh, how does I haven't been in love in a little bit, but last time I was, I remember, I honestly remember look like everything was brighter outside and all the colors were sharper. I mean, I know this is a chemical effect probably in your brain, but uh, does that affect the music falling in love? I mean, it, it sounds, that's a probably a simple answer, but well, how does it you know, affect we, you and music and being in love? Well, you know, uh, Frank Lesser, I think it's Frank Lesser. Had a great tune back in the 50s. Um, and uh, was it Frank Lasser? Gosh, I'm losing my mind. Anyway, what, give me the title. Um, I'll look it up for you. We'll, we'll verify. Actually, you know what? I think it's Lerner and Lowe. Is it from My Fair Lady? It might be. I've <laughs> never been in love before. What a great tune. And uh, anyway, I'm just, you know, when, when you fall in love, you know, there's all the dopamine and the you know the the drug effects that happen uh-huh. you know the you know love is a drug and all that but i'm talking way beyond that i'm talking way beyond that and i'm telling you that i fell in love and what has happened is 
what has happened is that it's all there to just pick from. It's all there if we just listen, you know? Mm -hmm. all, you, all you got to do is just sit still and listen. Don't actively listen, because then you're not going to hear it, mm -hmm. you know? But it's all there to pick from. So then, you know, I, 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 I wished I made this record 10 years ago, and now I'm so happy that I didn't make it 10 years ago. But 10 years ago was 50 years of jazz samba, and so it, was, uh, it seemed like a, like a good anniversary date. Mm -hmm. um, I missed it. And uh, so at 60 years, I didn't want to miss this. And what serendipity that everything comes at the right time. Yep. Yep. Because when you, when you hear it, then you can, then you can grab it. You know, it's like any, it's uh, everybody, every single human on this planet has this experience in one way or another, whether it's with a recipe or whether it's with uh, hitting a golf ball or whether it's with uh, something, you know, some very difficult task. Or the, but every every human has this experience at some time or another. But all of a sudden. When you can become aware of it, you know, I don't know how it happened. All the only thing I know, the only correlation I got here is that I fell in love. The only correlation I got. But what I'm telling you is that everything's there for all of us you know and you just pick it out and put it together and this record came together the easiest any record i've ever made came together and this record came out and it's the first time i've there obviously there's always something that you know you prefer to have done if i wish i played that better i wish i played that differently i wish that sound etc but when you look at it from a completely objective point of view me when i hear it and i I can honestly say, yeah, that's actually, if anybody made that record, that's a pretty nice sounding record. And it's the first time in the entirety, may I, entirety of my career that I can look at that and really say, wow, I feel good about this. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you know. You should. You should. Wait till you hear Daniela's record. That you're getting that one soon. But in you know, August. Just, and, is yeah, that August? And that, yeah. But but you know, the point is that one we did we did that one right after we made this one. It's just you know, I'm not Sisyphus. The the boulder ran over Sisyphus, and it's going down fast. <laughs> I just hope that we're really high up, so we got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> well. Do you think that, first of all, congratulations for being in love and, and finding that special person. Uh, uh, I love to hear it. It's great. Um, you can feel it. Your, your energy is great and you can hear it in the music. Do you find, was this, uh, I'm being in love, creating this album, all the feelings that go with it, that's just euphoria, uh, did, did it help you, and this is no pun intended, honestly, did it help you come in, become in tune with your artistic side, the music, uh, in, in any different way? Did it accelerate oh, it? or ex Com Completely, in every way. Um, I feel like some levels of layers of insulation between me and the source, some level of layers have been removed. And uh, 
I'll give you a really good example. When you have a conversation with me, you just speak. You're not thinking about what words you're going to use, what type of language you're going to use, what spe how specifically you're going to conjugate them, put uh, assemble the sentence, etc. You have uh, so much experience and so much uh, internalized in how you communicate verbally that you just speak and you've thought about the concepts, but, and on some level, maybe you've thought of execution, but you're not thinking about, I mean, I'm saying, but you're not thinking about, I'm not thinking those are the words I'm going to use. It's just, we're just speaking. Right. Right. So when you play music, you know, here, uh, somebody gets a guitar. Okay. Let me learn a C chord. Here's a C chord. Somebody should tune this guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was hey, my job. Even you tuning a guitar sounds pretty good <laughs> to me. <laughs> That's his next album <laughs> called Tuning. But, you know, so tune in. Still not in tune. So there's a C chord, right? So you learn that first. And then every time you go to play the guitar, you pick it up and you go, okay, so where do I put my fingers, right? So now I don't think when I play a C chord, where do I put my fingers? That's long past, right? But the source is, you know, I have this, I have this uh, theory. It's not a theory. It's a lot of people share this vision, this idea, this aesthetic. It's just a way to communicate. A lot of people share this, you know, but, but I have this idea that the universe, everything that, that is, is like a monolith, right? Right. You know, we're not, we're not a salad bowl. We're not a, there's no components. It's, it is right. So, you know, speaking about music, music is just one aspect of that, which is, and, you know, Chick Corea used to say all the time, every composer has one song and everything that you write is an extension or a, a um, elaboration of that motif. And I think it's really true because what it really is, in our own way, all of us have ways that we're kind of more in tune with, I call it the source, but with the universe, with whatever. We have all different ways that we're in tune with it, whether it's a chef or whether it's an athlete or whether it's a musician or a poet or a lover or, you know, and there's people who have talent in many different fields. Uh, but where it is, where it's coming from is we're, you know, we're connected to that and we pull it out. Bach, think about everything that Bach wrote and all the length. There's a very specific way that he pulled that out and put it down. And everybody who's playing music or making art or making a recipe, I keep coming back to that or any of that, anybody who's doing that is, uh, is connecting with the source. And then... <clears throat> the way that it is expressed is just in the way that us as the physical individual existing in this earthly environment relates to that information, but the creation of it and the doing of it, that's the conduit, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. So back to your question about falling in love. Uh, what happened is layers between me and the source have been removed. And so I feel that much more connected. There's less resistance. So when I 
play music, when I make music, when I hear music, when I think about music. And I've discovered it's not just music. It's really expanded into kind of many other things, lots of things I see. But uh, uh, but yeah, so it's uh, when this stuff happens, there's more happening and less thinking about it happening. If that makes any sense at all. That's beautiful. No, that was a great, great description of being in love and how it affects your music and and the source. I also really like Nate uh, your your awareness, uh, your idea, and being conscious of listening. Uh, you know, and 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 being open to what comes in and. And what's what's the possibilities? What's possible? Um, I end the show every time with with a saying: communicate, but listen more and evolve. And it's really about that listen more part, that middle. And it's not a reference to the show, although it could could be taken that way. Yeah, it's too. It's too. Uh, you know what we strive for in the show is to listen and to tell tell each other's stories. And I think we can all learn from those. Um, you know, it's about the music also, but it's also, it's about the person that creates it and the perspectives. Um, the, inspira- well, you know, the music and, you know, the show, the, what you do, everything that you do, the music, everything that I do, all of it, the stories, it's all who we are, you know, full stop. It is who we are. You know, the way the trees are pruned out on the street in front of somebody's house. That's who we are. Mm. All of it. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Ain't that a thing? <laughs> Love it. All right. We got to take a break. Um, I wanted to tell you, you were right about the song I've Never Been In Love Before. The composer's <clears throat> Frank Lesser. Okay. You had it. All right. So All right. before we go to break, mm-hmm. I want to tell you how you can. Uh, and now, can they pre-order the album, Nate? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's at Amazon. It's anywhere you can buy a record. It's at uh, it's on my website, natenajar.com. It's everywhere. Which is there a site that they may that you make more or do you want to say that? I don't want to put you in a bad spot with any of the <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Anywhere that's most convenient for the consumer is what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the consumer. I just said consumer. Can you believe I said that? <laughs> any you know, it's like cuz we're we're constantly in these discussions about um about streaming music and yeah. so forth and so on. And I always say that, you know, the, 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 the discussion that musicians have uh, against streaming, uh, my response is always, it doesn't matter because streaming is good for the consumer. And if it's good for the consumer, it's not going anywhere. That's why that language is in my head. Yeah. But no, back to, <laughs> back to buying the album, Jazz Samba Prasimpari. If you'd like a hard copy, CDs are, uh, are available now. Anywhere that's convenient for you to get a record, you can get it. Amazon, any record store, any CD store that still exists, everybody's got it. Um, vinyl LPs, uh, we're doing the pre-orders for vinyl LPs. They are shipping at the end of summer, so not long off. Vinyl, I love it. Vinyl, yeah, I, you know, hundred eighty uh, grand audiophile vinyl. Thick <laughs> yeah. ones, good ones. Okay. Uh, beautiful. Uh, I can't wait to. Uh, I, that's what I want to pick up. I want to pick up one of those. So let me give you the information. I'm not going to be able to say it as cool as Nate does, but I'll do my best. Guitarist Nate Najar reimagines seminal bossa nova album, uh, jazz samba pre sempre. 
is set for release this coming June 17th. What have we got? Uh, less than 10 days away. So pre-order now. Nate just gave you all that. You can get it anywhere. Anywhere you buy an album. This album is so special and it pays homage to the 1962 Charlie Bird and Stan Getz's groundbreaking record, Jazz, uh, excuse me, Jazz Samba. The recording features Nate Najar playing Charlie Bird's classical nylon string guitar and the cover art. And there's a story behind it. It's really a good one. Nate's going to tell us in when we come back from the break. It's by abstract expressionist painter Olga Albizu, whose work appeared on the original Jazz Samba record. Check out Nate Najar on all of his socials at Nate Najar. Okay, go do that. We'll be right back. Vinha cantando alegremente, quen, quen, quando o marreco sorridente pediu para entrar também no samba, no samba, no samba, o ganso. Gostou da dupla e fez também, quen, 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 olhou pro sexto e disse assim, vem, vem, que o quarteto ficará bem. Do pato era mesmo desacato. Jogo de cena com o ganso era mato. Mas eu gostei do final quando caíram na água. Ensaiando o vocal. Quen, 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 quen. Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show.
Richard was ready, obviously. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. Uh, you don't have to cut that if you don't want, Dr. D. I, I love you trying to keep me on track. Richard wants to eventually get home and have dinner. She probably hasn't had breakfast or lunch today. I, uh, I thank you so much, Richard, for doing this special hour with uh, our special guest today, Nate Najar. Uh, we're I thank you, too. Yeah, Richard puts in a lot of time here. We appreciate him. I got to tell you, it's a lot of fun because you meet all kinds of great people. I mean, just our last interview that we did uh, just the other day uh, with another uh, a musician. CJ. CJ. Oh, uh, yeah, he just uh, released the new Skunk, Jeff Skunk Baxter, yeah. another great guitarist. Great wow. stuff. And yeah. so you get to hear the stories of what I like to call, because I've been doing this for over 40 years, the olden days, you know, hey, back when we were using wire, uh, uh, wax cylinders <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. And it's just, but it's, it's like there were days I want to go back to those days. It was so much fun because it was, it was right there in your hands, and the vinyl the same way. Oh, and the smell. Oh yeah, I yeah. miss that. I miss the smell of every one of the different mediums. I miss the the vinyl. Yeah. Because I used to sit there on the on the floor. I remember with my parents' albums and look at them for hours, almost like those were my children's books, you know. And I'd look at the jackets and the back and the photo art and the, the fonts and all that stuff and just study that. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And the smell. And then it went to uh, tapes next for me cassette tapes and they had do you remember that smell when you'd crack that open that oh, yeah. plastic off of that oh I used to repair them all the time <laughs> I'd take them apart take the screws out if they didn't have screws I'd have to pry them apart and then figure out okay I'll have to use some scotch you, tape I, to I hold just them together. this picture of Richard with with all the <laughs> all the tape wrapped around him and all his face and his head and trying to put them all back together I was like a kid like yeah. pulling that stuff out you ever, that tape uh, out yeah and, and by the way do you ever uh, Niger, uh, Nate do you ever remember reel to reel we used to use these 10 inch pancakes and oh, yeah. uh, i had one of those suckers what do those smell like come apart oh, same stuff <laughs> i had, had one of those come apart and it took me three hours to to make sure it didn't get twisted or knotted which i never understood how in the world you could get a knot in yeah, something that's right they would get a little knot i was like are you and then it, but it took and me it three hours to re-school and then it. it would skip on that part <sighs> yeah yeah Crazy. Probably, I hate to say this, but I know we've got young listeners out there, and they're probably like, what the what? hell are you guys talking about? You How guys, about, and, you, the and they're saying, actually, the they're saying, You're, you guys are old. Yeah, we're dating <laughs> ourselves. Um, Not really. Let's talk about the background before we talk about how you've reimagined it. And I want to, that's a whole topic I'd love to get into here on how you reimagine and how you do something like that. With, um, But talk about, First of all, if you don't mind, Nate, um, Charlie Bird. Talk about Charlie Bird and then Stan Getz and then how the album came to be. And it's a Grammy Award winning album and it would really put them on the map. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Let's start with, with Charlie Bird. Yeah. So, well, it all starts with Charlie because what Charlie did was he was a Washington, D.C. guitar player. He, I never met Charlie. Uh, I knew, uh, I know a fair amount of his family and, um, uh, and very friendly with a fair amount of his family, uh, and his brother, who was the bass player in his group for a very long time, he plays guitar and a little bass on the original jazz Samba album, Joe bird, the brother. Um, but Keeter Betts was still playing bass in the band at the time. Uh, but, um, Joe and I played together a fair amount before Joe's death. I really 
actually, I really miss him, to be honest with you. He's, um, I think about him often. Joe was great. And, um, but so Charlie was a guitar player who was drafted in World War II and served in the infantry. And so when Paris was liberated, he, when he got to Paris, you know, he was a guitar player. He grew up, his dad owned a country store in Chuckatuck, Virginia, which is kind of the, the Norfolk um, general area now, the, uh, the uh, metropolitan area. You know, it's been absorbed, but it was, you know, a little country town, a little country village, really. Dad owned the general store. And Charlie learned how to play blues guitar from the guys who would come in to buy stuff at the general store. You know, the guys hanging out on the porch and stuff. So when Charlie was in Paris, when Paris was liberated in 1944, he immediately went looking for Django Reinhardt. He found him. He got to jam with him. And it's hard, it was hard to find Django because Django would say he was going to play somewhere and then he wouldn't show up and things like that. There's a, there's a I've heard stories venue. about that. About yeah. it. <laughs> there's a great little venue on the Eastern Shore of Maryland called the Mainstay. And Charlie was one of the first acts to ever play there. And it was very late in his life. And so the kind of main lobby area of the venue is called the Bird Room. And it has lots of Charlie's personal photographs and things like that. Um, and there's a great photo of him and Jen. Charlie's in a U- U.S. Army, you know, General Infantry uniform, you know, with his private stripes and everything. And... Uh, and uh, he's, uh, it's him and Django Reinhardt just posing for a photo with guitars. It's brilliant, you know? So when Charlie came, the whole point of this story, when Charlie came back from the war, he said, I'm only going to do what I want to do in my life from now on. I don't blame him. I just you know? said that last week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him one bit. So... So anyway, he's, he uh, moved to New York. He was a guitar player. He was a, be a jazz guitar player. Uh, roommate of his showed him a Segovia record. He said, what's that? That's classical guitar. Wow, this guy's playing Bach on the guitar. It's incredible. Moves to D.C., G.I. Bill, starts studying classical guitar with Sophocles Pappas. Uh, Sophocles Pappas had a great school. Washington, D.C. was a guitar town. Uh, but Charlie's first love was jazz. Brilliantly, and the thing is, it was organic. You know, he was like, he, he realized I didn't, huh. I, w- I wanted um, to ask guitar before yeah. you go on with that story. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Washington, D.C. was a guitar town. Now, you, now that I think about it, a lot of people that we've talked to have, have come from D.C. Or, or play there. Why was Washington, D.C. a guitar town? That's interesting to me. I think it was because of Sophocles Pappas. He had the, the Pappas' guitar shop opened in like 1930-something on M street. And it just closed a few years ago. I used to go there all the time when I played at blues alley. Um, and, uh, it was on Connecticut Avenue, M street and 18th street where they all converged there. It was up on the second floor. And, uh, Charlie bird taught guitar lessons there for a while in the late fifties and early sixties. But they, Roy Buchanan was there, Danny Gatton. Mm. I mean, this is why Washington was a guitar town because yeah. they were guitar players through there, you know? Um, it's interesting. You like, hear, uh, yeah, I think of Washington D.C. as so many things. Politics, known for politics, great restaurants, uh, uh, all that kind of thing. But I, I wouldn't think guitar town. And it's yeah. neat, neat to kind of hear and think about that history. Is it yeah, still it, a guitar town? It's a great town? music town overall. Yeah, it's, yeah. It not, it's not a guitar town any longer, but it is still a great music town. It's still well, a great music. 
Thank so. you for allowing that uh, question to interrupt yeah. your train of thought. I hope I hope you can get back there. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. Well, you know, I ramble anyway. No, but not at uh, all. yeah, but so yeah, so Charlie, uh, he basically said, "I'm not going to be a concert classical guitar player. I started too late. I love jazz, I love blues, but I love playing this box that is different from a plectrum style guitar that we are kind of do in this country, et cetera, et cetera." And so he says, "I'm just going to combine all my stuff," and it happened very organically. It was just. It was natural for him to, so, you know, he'd go give a concert. Uh, actually, at the time, they, they were just joints. They were clubs. He was playing, uh, he played at a place called the Showboat Lounge, which was at the um, the basement, Columbia Road. And, um, and I, it's what's Adams Morgan now. And uh, he became so popular that they were able to institute a quiet policy and so forth. And it became a real listening room. And that was kind of the start. And because DC is a, politics town what happened is you know this is the late 50s and so you know the cold war is heating up and mccarthy and uh, you know red scare and all this all the good stuff is what you're saying so (laughs) the united states government gets this brilliant idea it's this brilliant idea. This is fascinating stuff. I'm re- I'm not really answering the questions because I'm just going off on all kinds of tangents. But it's fascinating information. Yeah, it is. The U.S. government gets this brilliant idea. The State Department will send jazz groups all around the world, and will say, "Give concerts. Just put the American jazz musicians in front of as many non-Americans possible to show because this really shows democracy and freedom and American values and woohoo, you know, and it was kind of brilliant. Uh, and also it was brilliant that uh, the State Department recognized uh, that the government, that somebody in the government rec- really right. recognized the cultural value of this distinctly right. American thing that happened. I mean, they were pimping it out, but, you know, a lot of musicians got a lot of benefit out of that. Right. and The world got a lot of cultural benefit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what's really interesting is I've got a whole big archive of Washington Post articles, PDFs, you know, the, and, um, you know, going back to the 50s. And they, you know, they some of them talk about Charlie's State Department tours. And, uh, you know, you, uh, and one of them, it's so fascinating because they talk about how this particular writer, and I can't remember who it was. They said that uh, it's unfortunate that the State Department chose something as lowbrow as jazz to rec- represent Ooh. the high point of American Ooh. culture. Wow. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> it's, it's all, uh, I, not, I shouldn't say always, but it, it has something like that tag to it, you know, for a long time, jazz, right? I mean, it was, yeah. it was kind of underground and it was, um, it all, although it, to me, at the forefront, it is an American um, it's invention. It's the American. In yeah, it, you know? yeah, exactly. And it uh, brings all the cultures together and all that. Yeah, it's, it's just so much. It's Jazz is so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's really you know? great. That's a great story. I didn't know that. That's uh, I yeah. learned something. I love this. So on the State Department tours, you know, they go. I mean, Duke Ellington had a, a one of Duke's most famous records is the Far East Suite. That was a State Department tour where they went. They were in China and Mongolia and Nepal and India and, and all the, uh, they all of it. John Lamb, one of my dearest buddies, um, uh, he's the, the bass player on that record. He was the bass player on that tour. Um, but so back to Charlie and his State Department tours. He went to South America a lot. He went to Asia a lot. But these first initial ones in the late 50s were off into South America, all over Mexico, 
um, you know, Honduras, they go to Colombia, Peru, Bolivia, everywhere. And um, one of the things that he liked to do is he liked to pick up sheet music everywhere. He'd, he would buy sheet music and records. Uh, you know, today we can get on Google and if we can go on YouTube. We can find, I mean, the information's out there. It's brilliant what we, you know, what we have access to. But even when I was a kid, it, you know, I've wanted to, the first time I wanted a Django Reinhardt record, I went to the CD store and I had to ask him for Django Reinhardt and he had to pull out the book and we had, so even though it was very accessible, it's still, you know, it was three weeks before I ever heard a note Django played. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now you can have it up before you can finish saying his name. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't even need to know how to spell it. And, uh, you know, so you think in the something that comes in handy for me all the time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the late 50s, early 60s, you know, a phone call from uh, Washington, D.C. to New York was a pain in the, you know, was yeah. difficult. So it, so when he, when Charlie would travel, he'd go, oh, let me get some sheet music, buy some records. What are people doing here? What are the composers doing? What he was? He was a musician. He was a guitar player. That was that's what he was interested in. He bought guitar music. Um, meanwhile, he's also doing, you know, official functions. He's got to go to state dinners. He's a guest of honor. He's this and that. But the bass player and the drummer don't have to do anything except hang out. So they're going and finding a joint to listen to some guys playing and listen to what are the guys doing. So Charlie's buying the sheet music and saying, what are the people doing? And the guys on the street, the guys in the banner say, what are the guys on the street doing? Good combo. Do we lose Nate? And oh. then, and they're going to meet guys and learn. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. So they, so they, so, you know, they come back from South America and you know, they do a couple of these trips and they come back with all this stuff. And uh, he start Charlie starts incorporating it. He's listening to Jorge Alberto sing on this record. And the guys in the band were hanging out with guys in Brazil and being shown how to do some of this stuff. And so Charlie's at his gig at the showboat, you know, in uh, Columbia road. And he's playing, you know, Jobim tunes and Jorge Alberto things. And, and the people are really digging it. So that's how this music got here. That basement on 18th and Columbia Road is the first place in North America. This music was played. I wanted to set up wow. a concert there, but the the people who were running the venue uh, pre-COVID, post-COVID, because it, it became a record store and a bar, and, and they even kept his name. They called it the Songbird Music House and Cafe. Mm -hmm. It was really sweet. Mm -hmm. um, but they, post-COVID, they moved from that location, they move premises. They're in another space, and so it's it's an empty storefront now, which is kind of disappointing. But uh, anyway, but that's how the music got here. And then you know he and Getz made the record, and you know the rest is history. It's an empty say. storefront. It sounds like a perfect place to uh, to premiere or at least uh, play play the record, even if it's empty. Uh, you know, yeah. get somebody, some event coordinator, to put that together. That, that sounds like a. I'll fly out for that. That'd be great. Well, yeah, really. Uh, Nate, we've got to take another quick break here. We're talking with Nate Najar. It's been 60 years since the release of Jazz Samba, the 1962 landmark album by Charlie Bird and Stan Getz, who earned Grammy Award for Best Jazz Performance. Then they launched, uh, excuse me, not then, but that, this, this album, and Best Jazz Performance Grammy Awards launched Bossa Nova in the United States and predicted the best-selling Getz Gilberto by two years. But before I let you go, uh, let me give you the information here. If you're intrigued by this album, if you haven't heard this album, uh, I really encourage you to pre-order 
the album. If you're listening to the podcast months after the album is out, go get it. Guitarist Nate Najar, reimagined seminal bossa nova album, jazz, samba, prosempre, set for release June 17th. 2022 if you're listening to this after again it's out there so i encourage you go now get it after you finish the interview um in the meantime though you're listening to the entire album or or not the entire but seven of the songs from the album we're about to premiere in its entirety the uh first single from the album which is uh samba these days really great coming up at the end of the show so stay tuned for that the album pays homage to that 1962 Charlie Bird and Stan Getz groundbreaking recording, Jazz Samba. You can find Nate on all the social media sites at Nate Najar. It's uh, last name spelled N-A-J-A-R. We'll be right back. Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we are Girl Named Tom. Go to GirlNamedTom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. And we're back with The Jeremiah Show.
Welcome back to the J uh, Jeremiah Show. We are spending the hour, this hour, with our friend, long lost friend. We haven't seen him in a few years, but he has uh, been out there producing some very great music, falling in love and living life. The album is Bossa Nova album. It's a Bossa Nova Jazz Samba, Pra Sempre. It's released this June 17th. So go and pre-order now anywhere you get your rec your albums and your records. Um, Nate, welcome back to the show. So we talked about, uh, if you're just joining us, Nate, I'd go to the podcast and, and, and listen to the rest of this interview. It's really fascinating. I learned a lot about um, Charlie Parker and Stan Getz and, and Boston Nova. A little bit about the uh, groundbreaking record, Jazz Samba, which won a Grammy Award in uh, it's 60 years. This is marking the 60-year release. Jazz Samba won the 1962 uh, Grammy Award for the best jazz performance. Uh, now, you've reimagined this album, and I love this idea, that idea that you've reimagined, and, 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 uh, but also, you know, have paid homage and tribute to the, the, the wonderful album that came before, so much so that Becky Bird, Charlie Bird's uh, widow, says of your beautiful guitar work that there is no doubt that there is a piece of Charlie's soul in Nate's mind, heart, and fingers. I just, I love that uh, endorsement of the album. So let's talk about how you reimagine it, Nate, uh, the musicians that have joined you, the um, uh, Daniela Soledad, uh, who sings on two tracks. we got a lot, lot to talk about the album. But before you answer that question, tell me, do me a favor and Describe for me the, uh, the the guitar strings. You use a special type of guitar string. What does that add to the album? What is that? And you oh, even used well, uh, the amp from 1972, I believe it was. Well, well, no, it's not that it's a that it's like a, a special type of string per se. I, so they're nylon string guitars, nylon, and it's just yeah. that in in North America, it's less common. In North America, we use a steel string guitar usually play with the plectrum, sometimes with the hands, and and it's uh, it's a different orientation. Uh, Charlie uh, played a classical guitar, uh, Spanish guitar, and uh, so that, that's what I use. They, they, they were originally gut strings, like violin strings, and in the 40s, uh, Andres Segovia met with the DuPont company, and they did kind of sorted out the nylon filament strings, which are much more consistent than, you know, animal gut but it's just a different it's a different way of playing the guitar i play with my hands you know i i approach it like a classical player but exactly like charlie bird i started with it too late to be like a concert classical guitar player and i'm at heart i'm a blues player to be honest i mean i, I call myself a jazz guitarist but at heart you know all i want to do is That's all I want to do, okay? <laughs> you know, remember I told you at the beginning of the beginning of the show, I told you that uh, Chick Corea used to say every composer has one song? Yes. So I found Daniela the other night. I said, my song's blues in G. That's who I, that's who I am. I am blues in G, you know? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, yeah, so blues it's- Blues in G and in, and in. <laughs> outside of playing, you know, kind of Latin styles where that would normally be used, um, 
uh, you know, in in jazz and in uh, kind of contemporary music, it's uh, it's just not a sound that we use that much in North America. It's used a lot if you're approximating a flamenco sound or doing a flamenco sound, which I don't do any of that. I just I don't have it. <laughs> I do. I have to do something else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks uh, for. Uh, I, I needed. I, I was. I was imagining something, and I'm, I'm not a guitar player, obviously. But I, I was. Yeah. Imagine, I just. But, it, it, it's. It's. Um. It's important for the sound to recreate the sound of that album, no? Well, that's the instrument that I play. I play mm-hmm. the same instrument that Charlie did, and it's you. you the, the nature of of what the strings are and what the box is and what it does it's a they're completely different instruments they're tuned the same way the notes are in the same places but they are completely different instruments the timbre is different and everything about what you do with them um but i did play charlie's own guitar on the record i played um, hi I i'm nate Najar. Uh, my new album is jazz samba and you're listening to the jeremiah show. i have his ramirez it's not the guitar he played on that record the guitar he played on that record is not findable at the moment and i'm not sure i know which guitars he owned at that time but i'm not sure which one he played um but uh, the one of his that i have it's a very very good sounding early 70s ramirez and uh, charlie got it when in the in the late 60s andre segovia switched back to the ramirez from he 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 played a Ramirez early in his career, and then in the 30s he switched to a Hauser. He played a Hauser up until the late 60s, and then he switched back to Ramirez. And Jose Ramirez the third made Segovia a very specific guitar. It's a, the box is bigger, the um, the neck is bigger. I nearly called it an arm because it's an arm in Portuguese. Mm. They call it the braço, but we call it the neck. Um, but the, because Segovia was a massive guy, I mean he had sausages for fingers. So they made the guitars bigger. But when Segovia switched back to the Ramirez and uh, Jose Ramirez III made him this specific model, basically every classical guitarist on the planet started playing the Jose Ramirez III guitar. Everybody. Christopher Parkening played one. Lee Rittenauer got one. Charlie got one. So every, so that's the reason why the Ramirez is so ubiquitous is because in the Segovia started playing it again in the late 60s and the Ramirez factory was had been around long enough and had tooled up enough that they had i mean they had so many luthiers working there in the in the 70s it's unbelievable for a handmade high-end luthier classical guitar that i mean they they could have had 50 60 luthiers working there at one time i'm i'm exaggerating i'm just making this up but the <laughs> point is they were cranking out guitars that's why there's so many ramirez guitars out there today uh, I played okay. Charlie's guitar on the record. That's that's, that's, that's uh, pretty cool fact. That's that's okay. see when now when I listen to it, that's I, I not that I would know the difference, but it's it's going to be neat to think about that. Um, oh no, we got another break. Mm-hmm. We're just having oh, too man. much too much fun. So many so many great stories. I here. talked too Nate. much. I'm sorry. But, you hey, know, it's a talk show. That's what you're supposed to do, Nate. Um, is it true that uh, you heard this album and this inspired you to do what you do? Play guitar. I, it was it wasn't jazz samba, but it was a Charlie Bird record. Charlie Bird. It was it was a Riverside record called um, uh, the Guitar Artistry of Charlie Bird, and I heard and after I heard that, I mean the first notes he plays "Taking a Chance on, on Love," and it's just. Uh, uh. And I just you know I heard it, and all of a sudden. Uh, 
I said, wow, is, you know, the drummer swinging and Keeter's playing the bass. I said, wow, that's awesome, you know? And that's what I want to do. And so I went and got every Charlie Bird record I could after that. And Jazz Samba was the next one. And it was, you know, it was ubiquitous. And uh, it all began. Here you are. Here Bird. you are. Here you are. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, we got to take this real quick break. We'll be right back. The guitarist that we're speaking with, the amazing guitarist, Nate Najar. He's, he's reimagined it. The uh, seminal Bossa Nova album, Jazz, and it's Jazz Samba Pra Sempre, set for release this June 17th. You want to pick up or pre-order your copy now. It is the uh, album paying homage to the 1962 Charlie Bird and Stan Getz groundbreaking recording, Jazz Samba. Okay, we'll be right back. And where you can find Nate... You can buy it. You can pre-order the album anywhere you get an album. But where you can find Nate is... Uh, Real simple, on all the social handles, it's at Nate Najar, N-A-J-R. We'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So we... Olha, essa mulata quando dança, é luxo só. Quando todo seu corpo se embalança, é luxo só. Mulata bamba, olha essa mulata quando dança. É luxo só quando todo seu corpo se embalança. É luxo só, porém seu coração quando se agita e palpita mais ligeiro. Nunca vi compasso tão brasileiro. Eta samba cai pra lá, cai pra cá, cai pra lá, cai pra cá Eta samba cai pra cá, cai pra lá, cai pra cá Mexe com as cadeiras mulata Que o seu corpo me maltrata Ai, ai Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi there, everybody. This is Ann H. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Dreho. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, this is Jeff Stunk Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Mm-hmm. 
back to the Jeremiah Show. I want to give over uh, the entire rest of this interview, the time that we have, because we don't have much. It's been so fascinating with Nate Najar. I want to give it to him. Uh, so I'm going to shut up, and I want you to uh, tell us about this. You put together cr- quite a uh, list of who's who musicians for this album, and it struck me that chemistry has got to be such an important thing. You can feel the chemistry. You can feel the love. Nate Najar, uh, you can feel the love in his life, the the experiences that he is um, experiencing. You know, enjoying right now, it comes out in this album, and it was a great album as it was. He's reimagined it with some great musicians. Now I'm going to shut up, <laughs> Nate. Uh, well, you know, so much I, for I, shutting I, up, I, huh? I, I gotta, I, I gotta tell you, Jeremiah. You know, um, just, just real quick. Speaking of all the love, there's a lot of love in this room right now because I am so grateful for you and Doctor D to have me on and take the time to talk about anything and everything it's it's really uh means a great deal to me and you know i'm grateful for for that uh so thanks guys really a lot feel the same my friend Um, the uh the guys on the record you know i mean there's there's nobody there's no one else i could have made this record with Uh, not a single change there's no one else i could i mean i could have made the record but it would have been a completely different record um i'm gonna i'll start with chuck red uh, Chuck is a drummer who is a very, 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 very fine musician, and um, he um, he's been putting up with me since I was very young. Uh, it's been nearly twenty years we've been playing together. We've played a lot together. We've made a lot of records together. Uh, we just played together last week uh, at a jazz party in uh, in West Texas. Uh, there was uh, the longest running jazz party in the world. And uh, and we, we we were both there. We put it.
Hi, this is comedian Maz Chobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a putting my guns in the ground I can't shoot them anymore That cold black cloud is coming down This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you.